This podcast deals with themes, languages, and situations that may not be suitable for young audiences. If you're under the age of 18, parental guidance isn't going to help you here. Hey guys, and welcome to yet another night of Now Open, the podcast, the sex education podcast that's more sex than education. I'm Trisha. My name is Kai. And I am still Jobim. Unfortunately. How are you guys? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. How about you, Jabib? My house is fragrant because I've been making stock for the past four hours. So that's actually why I left earlier. (laughs) Till now. (laughs) When we were doing sound check, I left for about 10 minutes because I had to empty my stock pot full of bones and herbs and vegetables. So my house smells like a quaint cottage by like a parisian riverside damn dude that's that every lesbian's dream so <laughs> a house that smells True, like, I agree stock. With Trisha, dude, like oh no dude tomorrow that stock is going to turn into risotto so is this the famous risotto there. oh yes yes it is oh i've no. tweaked it a little bit so it's even it's even yeah, better yeah, now what is this the risotto is dangerous kai never eat it the risotto was a tool. It was a tool. <laughs> it used to be a tool that Jobim wielded. Very effective, though. Subtext. <laughs> Let's talk about that. It was so consistently effective, though. All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you guys. So what is something you did last week that has made you proud of yourself? Wow. Do we not do anything that makes us it's feel so proud. hard to say because I am so proud of myself like 24-7. I don't know. That's like, amazing. Where, what do I choose from? I woke up this morning and I was me. But bam So happy. Exactly. That's perfect answer. For me, I was, um, I was riding a bike over the weekend through like this really sandy patch. And there was this one like part of the terrain where the sand was so soft that like my bike kept wobbling. So I, I, I biked through to get to one, one spot and I had to bike back. But like on the way back, I, I lost control and fell. And then like, instead of like trying to call for anyone to help me, I like pushed through and like, you know, went through the entire patch of road. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that because I really pushed to like get through that sandy part. <laughs> What about you, Trisha? What do you Way to do? overcome your fear. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably exactly, going to be work-related. Because exactly. <laughs> that's all I've been doing, pretty much, outside of this podcast. I've just been working. So if I have something I'm proud of last week, it is that I had a proper, honest conversation with my boss about why I haven't been productive, and it went fine. Trisha's being modest, though. I'm pretty sure that Trisha has made somebody's week without even knowing it. Oh, Joe Bill. Stop it. <laughs> true, 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 true. I'm pretty sure that somewhere throughout the week, Trisha's just been so talking to random people, things. putting out fires everywhere. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Dude, that's true. Trisha, Trisha is the type to really like use communication as something to help people out no matter what, no matter where or what they're up to. Is today's um, episode all about me? Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> so from the, from the big things to the small things, there's so many things that make us proud of 
ourselves. And, you know, there's so much things about ourselves that make us who we are. As I said, from what makes us proud of ourselves to the things that we can't really put a finger on. And what I mean by this is there are things such as our soji, our gender and sexuality, and <clears throat> what we're who and what we're attracted to. These are things that are central facets to, to what make us who we are. But, you know, there's still a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure like people on this podcast as well, who still have some trouble, so a little bit of a tough time trying to understand um, facets of their sexuality and their attraction and their gender. You know, there's still, there's, still, there's still some confusion as to how to label ourselves and come to understand ourselves in this, in this, in this aspect. And Soji is a tool that we can use in order to better understand our gender and sexuality, which is what our episode is all about today. We're going to be talking about sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression. Awesome. So, awesome. Before we start, can I ask everyone on this podcast, what is your sexual orientation? And identity. Vanilla. <laughs> Vanilla. <laughs> Let's start with sexual orientation. Like how, like what, what, how would you, who do you find sexy? And who do you find, who do you think you would like have sex with, basically? <laughs> See, that's, a, those are two very different questions. Who I find sexy and who I, I'd have sex with, very yeah. different. I find Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt extremely sexy. Would I fuck him? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I probably probably wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. I mean? so you would pass up the opportunity to sleep with Brad Pitt. Really? You I really I maybe even for the story. I'd like. I'd suck the tip. Just be like. <laughs> I'd chef's kiss <laughs> like the tip of Brad Brad Pitt's dick. Just. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> That's a great sexuality, Jibim. We'll suck tip of Brad Pitt's dick. Uh, we'll, we'll be gay for the story. Is that a sexuality? <laughs> so I guess that I means you're not. That makes you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes you heterosexual. What about you? Cis. Like, what is your, what is your sexual orientation? Wait, the, the cis man was speaking. Maybe we should give him a, a platform. What were you Go saying? <laughs> we tried to take that. Finally. Jesus. Podcast. The straight guy gets a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if Jobim is our token cis straight man, um, I don't know if I'd be, I, I'm the token bi, I guess, in this group because I will fuck pretty much most people. And I have fucked pretty much most people. <laughs> uh, but that has nothing to do with me being bi. I'm just a slut also. Um <laughs> So yeah, I am a cis bisexual woman would be my my gender orientation and identity. Gotcha. Um the thing is Trisha and I are very similar people. Like back mm -hmm. in college, people would think that we were either sisters or that we were dating. There was no in between. No in between. So sometimes both. Sometimes both. And the thing is, like, the same way Trisha's bisexual, I am also bisexual. The same way Trisha, I think, falls in love with women more than she does men, if I'm correct. I'm not very sure. But um, I were, we're similar in that sense, too. The same way we would, we have a lot, most people, we are the same in that aspect, too. So, um, 
in that sense, I think that, you know, when it comes to sexuality and when it comes to who we are attracted to, who we find romantically attracted to, these things could differ per person or they could be similar to other people without even fucking knowing it. That's why I wanted, before we, could t- we, before we talk about a l- little bit more about sexual orientation, I wanted, to think, I wanted to ask you guys, how would you differentiate sexuality from gender? With the straight man, like to go ahead. All right. Yes, <laughs> I will be the sacrificial lamb for all of today, this episode's questions because I will likely have all the wrong answers. Uh, I'm guessing gender has something to do with uh, the genitals you are assigned, mm-hmm. or like the genitals you have, mm-hmm. uh, or and sexuality has more to do with what you want to fuck and or love or don't want to fuck or love. Because okay. I, I understand that there's also a sexuality where they're like, we don't want to fuck or love anybody. We just want to like exist. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Um, what about Trisha? Uh, I'd say that gender would be who you are. Like, Mm-hmm. Are you a man, a woman, a non-binary person? Um, and then your sexuality would be what Jabim said, who you want to love, fuck, or not. So one is self-oriented and the other one would be like other-oriented. Right. And that is correct. Sexuality is something that really is, that encompasses like our attractions, who we see ourselves as, who we um, try to express ourselves as. But one thing I wanted to make clear is that um, there's this woman named Anne Oakley who made this very clear definition and has been used by so many people. So when you say, when, when someone's born, they often, you know, confuse sex and gender as the same thing. But what Anne Oakley says, and I agree with this, and so does like many people in the academe, is that sex is what you are biologically born with. So when you are born with female genitalia, you are female at birth, assigned female at birth. Whereas if you were born with male genitalia, penis and scrotum, you are assigned male at birth. So sex is basically what you have um, between your legs. Whereas gender is something that that is socially constructed. It's about um, what makes you what makes you, what, um, roles, it, it's about behaviors, it's about um, norms that go around masculinity and femininity. So I, I just want to make that clear before we go on to talking about sexual orientation and everything else. Because, you know, a, a simpler way to see it is basically that sex is what you are assigned to at birth, man versus woman. Whereas gender is something that is constructed in time. And it may or may not fall in line with the sex that you were assigned to. So think of it as man, everything in between, then woman. So it's like everything that kind of encompasses manliness and woman, femaleness. So, I just so basically, make that clear like sex on. would yeah. be almost directly tied to the genitals that you're born with or what reproductive organs doctors see. So that's why right. they declare, oh, it's a boy, it's a girl, uh, based on right. like pretty much your genitals and your chromosomes and whatever organs have developed. Uh-huh. But like gender would be that 
identity that you cultivate throughout your life. Like, do I, yeah, do I resonate more with like masculine things? Do I resonate more with female things? And what does that say about me as a person? Right. Exactly. 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 It's like the way like gender is something that culture has made, that society has made in the sense that like what the fact that we think blue is for boys and pink is for girls, that we've gendered these things is pretty much like um, an ex- a huge, a, a great example of how gender is constructed in culture and in time. So sex is biological, whereas gender is societally constructed. All right. Got it. Got it. So now let's move on. To, I asked earlier about sexual orientation. So I want to ask you guys, is who you're sexually attracted to, who you also fall in love with? Like, Personally? yeah. Do you want to answer, producer? Everyone say hello to our producer, Fresh. Hello, Fresh! Hi. Do you want to No, I'm good. Okay, so um, as a bisexual, um, I have fallen in love with both men and women. I've also slept with both men and women. So I am capable of both. I'm, I am a true bi person, I guess. Uh, true. No, wait, I don't want to, I don't want to do any absolutes like true or whatever, but like I'm bisexual and biromantic, you know? Um, but I do find myself having very major preferences. Like mm. I am definitely more romantically attracted to women than I am to men because men are trash right. and mm. I don't want to deal with that. But I'll sleep with a man pretty easily. True. I don't want to date men Same. very much. <laughs> I mean, who would? Ugh. Yeah, y'all suck, man. You don't wash your balls. Men are, men and then you expect gross. us to shave. Ugh. Right? Oh. It's like... Just today, my girlfriend and I were talking about how much men suck. <laughs> how I think it's ridiculous that she's... That she's decided to keep one for herself. Oh, no. I should express my condolences to her very soon. Yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> Joe Ben, what about you? When you said earlier that you are straight, you are yeah. Okay, so romantically, I am. Uh, I fall in love with women, but sexually, I am attracted to women. So, so <laughs> that makes you hetero. I don't know what that makes me lame. That's we're, kind yeah, of uh, we're gonna talk gonna... about that in a sec. Being straight but, is valid. Um, you don't have to be ashamed to be straight, Javim. No, but I mean, um, to me, my sexuality, as, long, uh, as well as everybody's, is uh, fluid. And I don't know if I'm going to be straight for the rest of my life. I don't know. One day, right. I might be watching a movie and Tom Holland shows his dick. And I'd be like, hmm, want me some of that? Who knows? I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just haven't gotten there right. yet. Right. So far, yes. I've just been attracted to ladies. Exactly, exactly. See, that's like a, that's also a concept that comes up in gender a lot. Like, is who you are today someone you're going to be tomorrow? Or even the question of, is who I was in the past something that comes into play today? Like, for example, I've fucked men in the past. Does that mean I can't be a lesbian ever? Or I'm straight, for example, I'm straight now. But I and I, I've only I've only fucked let's say I've only fucked girls till now. Then I fuck a guy tomorrow. Does that make me straight tomorrow or bi tomorrow? Like I, I get how that. you guys yeah. conceptualize it. 
for me, we're still kind of in the infancy of the psychology behind the psychology, the conversation, the vocabulary, so much about sexual identity. We're still in its infancy. And so I think we're, we're all a little obsessed because it's important now right. to put labels on things. Right. Um, it seems a little ridiculous to me, but I see why it's necessary that uh, we, we put such an emphasis on um, labeling what you are, because right. if I'm really productive today, you're not going to be you're not going to expect me to be productive every day. And I see right, sexuality right. as kind of the same thing. You don't, you're not right. attracted to the same, even as a straight guy, I'm not attracted to the same kind of women every day. I don't have the same fucking fetish every day. Um, so what's to say that gender fluidity is not the same? I super agree with Jobib. I was a raging dyke for like 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. More. Uh, I think until maybe the age of, I don't know, seven 16 like I liked almost pretty much exclusively women I did consider myself a lesbian and I don't know like at some point I started liking men and it was just like oh well I guess I'm here now uh when that happened and yeah I I dated men for a bit and that was fun and great and now I'm kind of back to being more like female preferences so I don't know yeah Jabim's right it's like Sometimes I cycle through things because I, I kind of want something new every so often. So Right, right. Yeah, who knows? And I think what's Im- Yeah. I think what's important to highlight here is that our gender and our sexuality is not written in stone. That it's something that is fluid and ever-changing. And I think the point of having all these terms from heterosexual to bisexual, asexual, is to really find a way to find to to to, to label and to give yourself a sense of home. That's how I have always seen Soji. In the sense now, mm-hmm. you know how hard it is, how hard it was for some people. For example, transgender people. Gay is not a term. Gay is a very popular term. Let's say gay. Let's say the term gay. But a lot of people do not identify with that term. But the fact mm-hmm. that it's the only term available forces them into a box that says, hey, okay, I guess if I feel like a woman, I'm gay, even though I might not like men. Um, let's just say I'm gay. But, you know, the fact that Soji, the, the, the whole reason why Soji exists is to give people a sense of belonging, you know? Right. And I think that's why it's so important to have this conversation, even though it's ever-changing, even though it's something that I might be bi today, lesbian tomorrow, or straight tomorrow, but then what matters is that I have, a, I have something to call myself, something right. to say that I belong here. You know, and I think the, the the reason that we have this need to define these things uh, is because it's still so controversial now. Yeah. But I'm yeah. hoping that one day in the future, once we've embraced that, oh hey, gender, once we just take it for granted that gender is fluid, I'm hoping that it won't be as important to have to label oneself as anything because it's exactly. always changing. And I think there's also. We, there's also this need because there are stigmas that accompany each letter in LGBTQI, right? So it, right, it's also right. important to where do you fall under? What what defines you? Because we're still fixed. We're still in that point in time where definition is so important. Right. 
Yes, right. especially like, because think- with when you have a label, it makes you feel like you're not alone. Like there are other people going through right. a similar experience and you know, you're not crazy or you're not weird or whatever. Right. Like there are other people like you who go through this. Uh, right. And you have a collective shared experience. Sure, you have individual experiences, but you know that it's like it's it's a comfort in a way, and it's also prepare. It helps you prepare for that. Like if you know that trans people get discriminated against, and you know that you know these are the common issues that they face, then you know as you're in the process of figuring yourself out, then you're more prepared to to handle what's coming your way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think just to add to what Joe Bim was saying earlier, like. I think the goal of Soji is for it not to exist anymore because no one's going to need it. Because right. the goal is to come to a point where people just accept people as people, you know, no matter what their preferences are or where their orientation leads. Um, but for the time being, I think it's important to talk about this because we need, we need people to find belonging. And it's an important mm-hmm. sense of, it's an important part of your personhood to be, to belong somewhere. It's a so human need. Let's start with the different types of sexual orientations. So in a nutshell, sexual orientation is who you find sexually attractive. Basically, who you prefer to take to bed. Now, this can range from the opposite sex, the same sex, both sexes, or no sex at all. Um, I think, you know, we've talked... Uh, Throughout the discourse of gender identity and sexuality, homosexual and heterosexual, these are terms that are thrown around so often. And I feel like it's so easy to like, you know, to, to talk about that, to just to to to, um, to grasp that, that sort of thinking that asexuality was not valid. And I'm very, very, very regret, regretful about that. And I, I, I learned it again in undergrad um, that if you look at a multiple choice question and... You say, okay, let's say A, B, C, and D. And D says none of the above most of the time, right? Yeah. Does answering D invalidate? Like, if, if you say, if your answer is D, none of the above, does that mean you have no answer? Like, what I realized is answering none of the above to the question of who do you find sexually attractive is, it still, is still an, an answer. answer. It's still an answer, right? right? And a lot of people tend to um, think that asexuality doesn't exist because, you know, we're so used to thinking that you have to find someone sexy, that you have to go to, to bed with someone. But as, but as that example showed me in undergrad, that, you know, D, none of the above, is also still a valid answer. Not having anyone you want to take to bed is still a valid answer. So I just want to clear that out because I don't think asexuality gets a lot of limelight. And I just want to clear that out to people. But um, I just also wanted to talk about like how, how when you when you say when you say that someone you, you would you would take someone to bed, do you do you feel as though that the sexual the sexual the sexual sexual connection should lead to something more romantic, or do you think that sexual sexual orientation should stay at just the sexual landscape? Like, how does that work for you guys? Uh, well, for me, like, sex is pretty much almost always bundled in with romance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if I am sexually attracted to you, then 
that also makes you kind of viable for romantic pursuits. But right. I will say I've had right. the other way around. I will say that there were times that I was romantically attracted to someone, but not sexually. Mm. Yeah. So that uh, was that was a weird experience for me because it would be like, but right. I have a crush on somebody, but then I couldn't imagine myself sleeping with them for whatever reason. Interesting. Yeah. But that yeah. Uh, that hasn't happened in a while. So I don't know if that's still a part of me or <laughs> what's going on right. there. <laughs> Right, I don't know if this right. is still a thing that teenage boys say, but when I was in high school, we used to say that you know you're in love with a girl if you can't uh, if you can't think about her while you're masturbating because you have too much respect for her. What? Men Ask any guy. Men Ask any guy. That's how. That's how you know that uh, you have serious feelings for a girl because you're you're doing the thing. You're beating your meat, and you're like she comes across and no 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 not. Not you. I feel like mine's the opposite. I can't beat my yeah. knee to somebody. Like, like think about them. Like, I can, I can watch porn and not know anybody, so I'm not romantically attracted to anyone there. But if I'm imagining somebody and I'm, I'm beating my meat to that, I can't do it unless I do have feelings for them. Really? Yeah. It's the for me, it's like, for me, I can, I can masturbate to someone if we've only ever had sex. So if I've never had sex with you, I can never, like, masturbate to you. You have I a very try. weak imagination. You know, I thought that too, Kai. Try it. <laughs> try what? Just try it. I thought that too. I thought that I was also incapable of imagining it. You just gotta find the right photos on their Instagram, you know? <laughs> you know what? Maybe tonight I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna imagine shit. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. Masturbate so to someone you, challenge. <laughs> right? Masturbate to something I've never done before. Um, Re- recall Sabay Jakol challenge. Oh, <laughs> ang ganda. No, it can't be recall. That. I love that. Because recall assumes that you guys have already fucked. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. We'll think about it. We'll workshop it. We'll, we'll figure out a, a term for that. So, I also wanted to ask, like, Joe Bim, for example, says he can't or when he was younger or in high school, you couldn't jack off to someone that you are romantically attracted to, correct? Right, yeah. Right. But Trisha, when you are romantically attracted to someone, it's easier for you to jack off to them, correct? Yep. Okay. So in that sense, I wanted to like clarify like how sexual orientation and romantic orientation are two different things. Because I feel like a lot of people conflate that. Um, For me, sexuality is not sex, and sex is not romance, and romance is not sex. Exactly, exactly. But, like, you know, I think for a lot of people, they think that, for example, I'm sexually attracted to a guy, that means I have to fall in love with a guy. You know, like, I'm sexually attracted to men and women, thus I can fall in love with men and women. But then, like, for example, like, me and Trisha, we're both sexually attracted to men and women, but we are only really romantically, more romantically attracted to women. So in that sense, we, sexual orientation is more about who you want to have sex to, whereas romantic orientation is who you desire to fall in love with. Now, there are different types of sexual and romantic orientation. So the same way there's heterosexual, there's also heteroromantic, where you can only fall in love with someone of the opposite sex, which I think Joe Bim falls under. 
And okay, so I, I, if I got this right, to anybody who is yeah. uh, not following, um, that means that I can fall in love with somebody who is one gender, but only sleep with another person of another gender? Like, that's... Like I like I am only attracted to women, but I only sleep with men. That can happen. Yeah, totally. If that's that can a, happen, float okay. your boat, cool. bro. Okay, I think I get it now. What? It's like you've been needing the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like for straight people. Sometimes you'll see somebody who you know you definitely would never be in a relationship with. Like, you know, from meeting them five minutes, I, I wouldn't last a day in a relationship with you. But you immediately want to fuck their brains out. It's people mm. like that. Sure. Yeah, kind of but on like a, a, a smaller scale. But this one's on like the gender. Yes, but in, in like, a, yeah. Yeah. Within yes. the prism of heterosexuality, that is my metaphor. Whatever helps make sense to you will right. be 100% valid. Um, so more than that, there's something we call gender identity. Now, gender identity is the way you perceive and understand yourself in your head. So um, this is where the whole idea of cisgender and transgender comes about. When you say you're cisgender, that means that when you are born female, you also identify as female. So, for example, I'm cisgender because I was born with vagina and I identify with my vagina. And when you say you're transgender, that means that what you, the genitalia that you were born with is something that you were not, you do not fall in line with. Or the body that you were born with is not something you fall in, uh, that you fall in line with. Is this making sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But quick, quick, uh, quick question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Raise your hands, children. <laughs> what? What if I don't care? That's a thing too. That's gender queer, or would it be like a gender? Like the gender. gender. Yeah, a gender. So like, there's a bunch. Okay, there's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Because so gender queer is more like you don't fall in line with either man or woman. Uh, you don't you don't fall in line with man with being a man or a woman, right? But then a gender is more of like, voila, like nothing on that spectrum works for you. Yeah, Jibim had a question. So like, yeah. When is someone not gay, and when are they transgender? So like, um, is a drag queen transgender? Uh, is somebody who is pre-op transgender? Do they have to have like the operation? Do they have to be taking hormones? What makes you transgender? And how will, you, how can people um, avoid the mistake of uh, mistaking somebody who is gay for transgender and vice versa? Right. Before I answer, I want to see like what do you guys think about it first? Like how what does it? Well, how does it make sense in your head? Uh. Well. If you like go back to the definition that you gave where whether it's your genitals aligning with your gender identity and, you know, the roles that society puts on you as man or woman, if that aligns with your gender identity, then that means you're probably cis. But then mm -hmm. if it doesn't, 
then that means you're trans. And like, that's the only, like, that's probably the only measuring stick I would use. Like, right. I, right. I, I wouldn't care about what you dress up as. And it doesn't matter like who you're into. Just like that benchmark on its own. I think, I think it stands on its own. Like there's, there right. are no other conditions and prereqs that we have to put on people to, to qualify as trans. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And to answer um, Joe Bim's question, I think, because you don't, I think the misconception is that people think that transgender folk need to go through surgery in order to be called a man or a woman, you know? Right. But the fact is that it's not accessible to everyone to get that operation. Does that, does that disqualify them from, from, from identifying as a man or as a woman, even though they dress that way, they act that way, and they... They, 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 they think that way. They think that they're not, you know, biologically men or women. So, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not necessary for trans folk to go through the operation in order to call themselves transgender. And second, um, gay is a sexual orientation. So it's more of like, if you're, attract, if you're a trans woman who is attracted to another woman, that makes you lesbian. If you're a trans man attracted to another man, cis or trans, that makes you gay. So it's not about the gender. It's more about the orientation of your sexuality. Okay, cool. In terms of that, I want to ask, in, ter- like your pro- in terms of like that whole idea that pronouns, like appropriate pronouns, you know, some people like to use they, them, she, he, z, zim. Like, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you do you do you prefer people asking you what pronouns you should use, or do you agree with that whole issue of like asking like what pronouns should I use for you? I don't know. I think it's like kind of nice how we're asking now. Um, mm-hmm. I personally mostly don't care what pronouns people right. use on me. Um, not that I'm trans or even non-binary. Even it's just like it just personally doesn't bother me. I've been called right. every pronoun in the book, um, sometimes against my will. And I just like, oh, you know what? I give up. So, you know, right. I don't bother. But I like that people are asking now because, you know, instead of waiting for somebody else to volunteer that information and, you know, they might be, they might be shy. They might be scared, like how you'll deal with it. So the fact that you're asking already feels like comforting to people. Right, who, right. Because it shows that you you have care and respect and you want to know. Um, and it saves them the trouble of, of like having to vet you and be like, do I tell this person? Like, what do I do? So, right. yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Because, um, Jobim, do you, what do you think about the pronoun? Jobim prefers to refer to himself in the third person whenever Jobim can to avoid pronouns. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm a he him I I don't want to step on anybody's toes uh, and and say that it 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 gets a bit much because I think as a straight person that's my responsibility to to accommodate people who are who don't get to experience the, the privilege that I don't so Right. If, it, if, if it does get a little socially awkward or if it's a little inconvenient to ask somebody what kind of pronouns they prefer, 
it's just a learning curve that we as straight people have to get used to. Right. Because I, I asked because I, 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 I encountered this one trans woman. And when, I, when we were talking about pronouns, he, he, he's like, he says that he prefers to be called he and him because he believes that even though he's a trans woman, he believes that using he or him is a professional way of addressing her, him. Like, gets ba? Parang, ha. He likes, he, he identifies as a woman, but he believes that it's professional to be called him or he. Which I found very mind-boggling. But then, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think it's kind of like a response to how... Because, like, obviously, if you're trans in the workplace, that does put you at a disadvantage in most companies. You know, there's a lot of discrimination. So, like, what if it's a protective measure? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I I don't know who this person is. So, I'm just... I could be totally assuming. Maybe they just really prefer he, him. I don't know. But... Right. Right. It could be possible that because there's just so much... You know, you get a lot of shit for being trans. And, like, it would be just so much easier to kind of, like, not have to deal with that. So maybe professionally, mm-hmm. like in emails or whatever, they, maybe they still go by their birth name. And right. I don't know. That's just one thing. It could, again, be entirely possible. They just prefer he, him. I mean, they're words, you know? Yeah. People change their yeah. nicknames all the time. And and we just suddenly agree to accept it. So like, why can't we do the same right. about pronouns? It's like such a small thing that we can do. It takes zero effort almost. And it means so much to them. So mm-hmm. I'd be a mm-hmm. huge asshole if I didn't like, like whatever you say, I don't have to make sense of it. It's not my job, you know? Right, right. You have a question? No, someone has a question. Oh, someone has a question. Um, oh God, can yeah. you read it? I, I have no idea. So Carla's asking, because you talked about what if you just don't care about your sexuality slash gender? So I wanted to know what everyone thought about the concept of a genderless world. Or if you guys think there is a value in labeling your sex slash sexuality, even if there are so many labels nowadays. So there are two questions, essentially. Um, Maybe we can answer the first one. What do you think about the concept of a genderless world? Actually, I have something to say about that. (laughs) No, because I took this class and... um, it was essentially a gender class study thing. And because biological men and women, male and female, they have, we have different needs. You know, like we get our menstruation, like biological women, right? And men mm-hmm. don't. So to say that if you're going to look into a world that is genderless, you're not really making it equal. Right. It's because... If you're going to kind of ignore or say like this, a certain need of a certain gender does not have more weight in the society right now or kind of like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Yeah, because even though, you know, men and women are equal. We have different needs. Yeah, like, yeah, menstruation's a thing, like even how cancer or ADHD or having a stroke, like what that looks like in different bodies, it, it's different, and it's it's like medically especially, it's very it's a lot easier to 
talk about sex and things like that rather than gender. But yeah, so I don't know if a genderless world would be entirely possible. And I don't know if it needs to be genderless for us to have equal yeah. protections and for everyone right. to just, you know, be okay. I think a genderless world is kind of ridiculous because um, we don't need to eliminate gender. We have to acknowledge and celebrate all of them. Uh, we have to accommodate all of them. Um, I don't think we should strive for a genderless world. I think we should strive to understand um, sexuality and the genders that we find along the way. Uh, I think what Presh was trying to get at earlier was because, you know, people think equality means, oh, um, all the genders get um, a certain amount of tampons every month, regardless of whether you need it or not. It, it means that everybody's, uh, all the genders or, or everyone's um, needs get acknowledged. Everyone's mm-hmm. differences get acknowledged. Yeah. Right, right. And, and in relation to that, I don't think we need like a gender, a genderless world as like what Fresh said. I agree. It doesn't really account doesn't really make everything equal for everyone. I think what we should strive for is a gender fair world, like a gender just right, world. right, it's right. Like you know, everyone is respected regardless of where, what they identify with, who they are attracted right. to, how they express themselves. You know, gender. And I think this. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I think this ties in with um, our our pronouns discussion. Is that we're in a place in time right now in discussion in discussing gender identity where there is a need to label. So we're in the thick of it. Um, right. I think in, in every great social movement, there there is a push and pull. And you know what? Sometimes there are overcorrections and we don't know what these overcorrections are. We're not, it's not for us to say whether they are overcorrections as they are happening. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We'll be able to tell in the future. Who knows? Maybe this nitpicking over pronouns is is a little much. Maybe it's a necessary step, but uh, it's important that we go through it to figure it out later on. Agreed. Exactly. I think that yeah, we're we're still figuring out so much. Like this is probably the first time in modern, especially in modern history, where people are starting. You know, you can be out in a lot of places. Like obviously, still not everywhere and not in every situation, but more people are out than ever. And yes. that's because, you know, as a society, we, we progressed to that point. So obviously we're obsessed with labels because this is the first time yes. that for, me, for many people that they can finally say, I am this and not die or not get fired. Well, you know, we don't have an anti-discrimination bill in the Philippines, so you could still get fired uh, here. But some other places have it nicer. <laughs> And, I think that's why we're so obsessed with linguistics right now is because linguistics is the only feasible way a lot of us can see fighting back against systematic oppression. It's the right. smallest things, man, the smallest things that people are asking for for equality and people are, are turning their nose up at it going, no, that's too much. That's too much for me to do. Uh, right. The way the, my favorite example of of these quote unquote overcorrections is um, bra burning for feminism in the sixties, right? Because bras, yeah, it, it was a thing because it wasn't uh, as big as women saw. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it's just a, an example of it uh, as as a overcorrections as a concept, right? 
So um, bras were seen as um, a way for men to keep women imprisoned, both metaphorically and physically, you know, to shape women's bodies the way men like. Why am I mansplaining bra burning to you guys? But yeah, um, all these years down the line, feminism has indeed progressed, but women still wear bras. At the time, bra burning was such a big thing. Oh, it's uh, the, the decline of femininity in the United States. But right. no, it's not. It's just the natural push and pull of an important social movement. Right. Sometimes you'll go up to peaks and sometimes you'll go down the trust. But then, you know, at one point, as time goes on, you'll level it off, you know, mm-hmm. and I think is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. And in terms of bras, I wanted to move on to... What I call what we call gender expression. So if you have gender identity, it's who you think you are. Gender expression is how you express yourself to the world. So personally, my gender identity is I'm a cisgender woman. But as I would express myself androgynously in the sense that I sometimes like to dress and act feminine. Sometimes I like to dress and act a little bit more masculine. Some people like to be more feminine. Some people like to be more masculine. Would um, you say you have a preference? I do have a preference. Mm-hmm. I like to lean more towards femininity. But I always like to somehow stay in the middle, you know? So it's a, it's a, What it's about a, you, Trisha? Like I said, yeah, go ahead. Me? I don't know. Uh, like my sexuality, I go in cycles. So mm-hmm. in high school, I was pretty much a butch lesbian who couldn't cut her hair because my mom wouldn't let me. So I was a butch lesbian with long hair. And I used to like um, tape my boobs down. But that didn't last very long because I have very big tits even then. And like at some point, I just couldn't breathe anymore. So, you know, I was like, oh, fine. Even though I I hate this because I want to look more masculine. And then that kind of continued into college. But now I feel like I'm at my high femme sort of phase. I don't know. Like, I like to wear cleavage and short skirts and thigh highs. And, you know, I, I will have... Guests. I think high femme should be a word. That should be it a is, term. It is a time joke, <laughs> It is? Yeah. That's amazing. That's my new favorite term that I learned today. High femme. So who knows? Maybe maybe tomorrow I'll, be, I'll go back to butcher androgynous. But I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the femme a little bit right now. Right. I just wanted to like pinpoint like what we said earlier, like, you know, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, and even your expression is something that isn't set in stone, right? Like it's something that will constantly progress or it might stay the way it is. But what is important to note is that whoever you think you are, what you're attracted to, how you express yourself, the things that you think yourself to be, is something that can stay or can progress later on. And there's no shame in staying or changing who you want to express yourself to be. Yeah, But also gender expression yeah. doesn't necessarily have to do with your gender, right? No, not at all. It just could be the way you present. Yes. Like you've seen men wear skirts, which are normally associated with femininity. They're called kilts, Trisha. No, like straight up freaking skirts, dude, and like flowers in their beard and they wear makeup or like they'll, they'll wear women's clothing, even though clothing isn't gendered. But, you know, they'll, they'll wear clothing that's like for women and people will think like, oh, are you trans? Are you gay? Why do you wear women's clothes? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe you just want to let your comfy. balls hang. 
You know, like when women when women started wearing pants, people thought like, yeah, maybe these are lesbians and they want to be men. It's like, no, we just want to wear fucking pants, okay? I'll tell you, dude, that one summer I got circumcised, I got it. I understood the why skirts are the best thing. They're just they're flowy. You can twirl in them. The ones with pockets are amazing. Awesome. Rare find. I'll gift you a skirt for Christmas, Jabim. I really, I honestly believe that we are like a decade away from normalizing men wearing skirts. I think we're one fucking streetwear show away. Virgil Abloh's gonna come out with like a cropped skirt for men, and people are gonna go fucking nuts. I can't wait. I personally cannot wait. I'm so excited. Skirts are amazing, dude. So I wanted to like talk a little bit about the Sojibo. Trisha, oh, can you tell us a little bit about this bill? Okay, so this is actually a, a super, I was going to say topical topic because I ran out of words. But um, It's a very topical topic, indeed. Topic. So, uh, because just last week there was a hearing about these. Okay, I have a question. I know it's super, super dumb. Is it Sogi or Soji? I was going to ask because it's like a gif gif situation. Right? Is it? I've heard both, so I'm actually quite confused. It's at the top. It's at the top of my. See, look, <laughs> first start of the episode. My first question: Soji or Soji? So I say Soji because you don't say you gender; do you say you gender. Want, so baby. that's true. Yeah, I say. Okay, fine. Let's gen- go with Soji. So what was uh, that, Presh? So yeah, there was a Soji hearing, and I don't know if you guys followed it, but I followed it, and it was absolutely infuriating. Mm. Because, um, you know, you guys might know the Soji bill as, you know, the anti-discrimination bill, ADB. Um, It's basically a bill, anti-discrimination bill. It's a bill against discrimination of people based on their Soji. So it's not even like for the LGBTQ. It's just based on Soji. So even straight people have Soji. Uh, They're also protected by this bill. And, you know, unlike what most people think, or a lot of people think, this bill has nothing to do with same-sex marriage. You know, it doesn't even legally recognize trans people as their, as their gender. Like, for example, if you were assigned female at birth, you're still going to be legally a female after, if this law passes. Literally, all it wants to do is, uh, put in place, like, the legal consequences of discriminating against somebody for your soji. And yet, it has been languishing in Congress, I think, for the better part of 20 years. has been languishing in just, like, the legislative department for, like, the better part of 20 years. It's, it's kind of insane how we don't even have that, right? Like, you can be fired from a job, you can be denied housing... You know, you can be denied an education just because of who you are, who you like, how you dress. It's 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 ridiculous. So have you guys been following this unfolding? No. I have not. I should be, but I haven't. I've been making chicken stock. <laughs> That's next on the revolution's agenda. Um, after passing the ADB and the Soji bill is making chicken stock for the party. So you're you're one step ahead, Japan. So, yeah, I guess like what That's... what really needs to be known about the Soji bill is that it's it's really struggling. It's having a tough time. You know, 
you have the usual arguments. Like, what are the usual arguments? Like, have you heard any against this bill or like similar protection bills for? I mean, it's all the same stuff that you hear small-minded people say all around the world. Is that you know, it's not even real. It's all in their mind. They're making it up. What do they need protection for? Mm-hmm. Uh, Does it does it have to do with like, discriminating in bathrooms, right? I don't want my kid going to the bathroom with someone who has a you know a different set of genitals as my kid. It's all those same arguments. Does it trample the exactly. rights of straight people? Okay, yeah. So that was a what Fresh said was a super super huge argument um, during the recent hearing because people were saying. Or like there were religious groups for some reason at this hearing. It's like fuck you, uh, separation of church and state. But I, you're here, and they would say like you know that's not what that means though. Okay. I, I mean like well, the separation of church and state would be like you're not supposed to use religious text or religious arguments um, in the passing of laws or in the governing of the state. Right. Right. So a lot of them were using biblical passages. A lot of them were using well, you know. It's an insult to God. It's like these aren't really arguments for a legislative hearing, you know. So, right, like that was a big one where it's like, if we give special rights, oh, I hate that word, special rights to the LGBTQ, won't that oppress the majority, quote unquote? Which I'm guessing is the straight cis people in the in this case. So they're implying that giving extra rights. To the LGBTQ oppresses the straight people. Well, no, I mean that's that's, akin, that, that's, that's a, like akin to saying like all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter. True, like true, but uh, I, I think there's a dangerous uh, oversimplification there, though. It's not uh, the people who are for Sogi versus the straight people. It's the people who are for Sogi versus religious people. Yeah. That. Yeah, <laughs> let's well, get that cleared up. Of course, the religious people were using straight people as a pawn here, um, but right. they were also saying right. like, "Oh, but what about our religious freedom? You know, what about our religious freedom? Won't those be? Isn't like their freedom of religion? Shouldn't we be able to practice our religion how we see fit? And I guess that includes being able to discriminate against gay people. That <laughs> includes bigotry. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah, like if if your religion is based on bigotry, then I guess yeah, this would kind of trample on your ability to practice your faith freely. Yes, wow. yes, it would. So that that was a really infuriating part of that hearing uh, recently, you know. And of course, um, there was another bit of news about the military trying to also pass their own version of the Soji bill, which was like a travesty, considering how the military has harassed. So many gay people and people from the community. Right. It, it was basically the Soji bill is a shit show. Um, one of the uh, religious, I forgot who it was, but they misgendered um, Congresswoman Roman um, during the okay. hearing. Should it be passed? Mm-hmm. What what does the Soji? I'm gonna call it Soji because in my head that's how it sounds. Go ahead. Uh, what what? Who does it benefit? What what do people stand to gain if it does get passed? What what makes this thing such a big deal? Well, we're super biased here because you know Kai and I are definitely in the community. So, right. what I see it as, and I'm pretty okay. I'm not even gonna say like my side because I honestly think the other side is ridiculous. But um, 
if this is passed, then people who may not identify, who may identify out of the norm, or who may behave or act out of the norm, they don't they don't have to fear that you know they lose income or that they they get kicked out of their school or that their landlord suddenly right. like cancels their contract and now they're homeless. You know, they basically just have the same rights as straight people. Because you're right, not going right. to see exactly. somebody get fired for being straight. Like, right. So it's the government ridiculous. protecting you uh, for being you. It's allowing you to yeah. be yourself without exactly. fear of discrimination. Exactly. What do exactly. the religious people stand to lose should this bill be passed? Well, they want to be bigots, I think. They said, that, like, well, you know, if I'm religious and I don't agree with whatever their choices are, then I should be able to make decisions like right. that. Well, it's just like, well, no, fuck you. Uh but yeah, so to them, it feels like maybe human rights is like a pie where, you know, if I get more slices, then you get less. But that's not how this works. You know, the more rights the way, I have, don't trample in yours. The way I see it is that, you know, as what Trisha said, like what we, what we stand to gain with this bill is it, it ranges from simple things like, you know, simple like bathroom, where, where to use the bathroom. Or, like, when a kid wants to go to prom, like, in her all-girls Catholic school in a suit, she won't be discriminated for that. And she won't be told not to go to prom because she wants to take her girl. Or she wants to wear a suit to fucking prom. You know, things like this are things that, you know, I feel straight people, or, or like, people who don't really, or privileged people don't get, don't have to worry about. You know? These are things that, you know, simple things that, you don't even think are problems or problems to other people. Like, this is how I always see in terms of gender and sexuality, like how privileged certain people could be. In the sense that problems that you don't even see are problems or problems to us. Where, for example, like when, when, when a trans man goes into a, to Bruno's and says, okay, I want to get a haircut. And they charge her women's, a woman's, a woman's price. And she's like, charge me the men's price. I'm a man. And she's like, and they're like, no, because you're a woman. See, things like this. Some people don't have to think of these things. But this bill gives people on the LGBTQ plus acronym the chance to be treated the same way people who are not on the acronym are treated. And I think what pisses off the fucking church is that there is a certain sense of power that they are so used to. There's a certain sense of status quo that they are so used to that now that it's being shifted, now that it's being revamped, they are so scared and they are so uncomfortable with the fact that it's being shifted and, and being revamped, which is why they, 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 they're, they're throwing all this bigotry into the hearing because they're not, they're, they can't stand to think that the power can be leveled off. Yeah, because like to and the grand. oppressor, <laughs> equality feels like oppression. Exactly, exactly. Like they, they, like, can you can you oppress straight people in the in terms of sexuality and gender? Can you oppress straight people? Can you actually oppress straight people? Like, have you uh, have you ever heard of anybody getting fired or getting kicked out of school or you know losing out on a job because of the fact that they're straight? Like, exactly. Theoretically, I mean, it's I've possible. heard of things. 
Yeah, but does it actually like? Is it? Uh, you know how like it's so it's so much simpler to understand, and it's, it's so much easier for us to hear like, oh, trans woman got kicked out of her job because she's trans. Oh shit! Like that's something that makes more sense to us than being like, oh, this man's so fucking macho. He has a penis. He got kicked out. Like that sounds stupid because it doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. Deba. You hear about uh, people getting in trouble for their toxic masculinity, but that's just a response to uh, everything that's been going on. Exactly. And to be fair, exactly. yeah, and like toxic masculinity, especially when it gets in like super like misogynistic territory, for example, like that's reflective of the person's values, and it's like you don't want a person like that in your workplace where they have to like work with women, be- you know, mm-hmm. because that. That affects everybody, but what who I decide to fuck on my Saturdays and Sundays doesn't affect anybody, and the kind of genitals I have in my in my undies also don't affect uh, anybody. It's as simple as imagine hearing, "Yo, dude, I got fired for being straight." Imagine that. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. That's what people go through on a daily basis. That's a reality for people around the world. Yo, dude, I got fired for being blank just because of who I decide to stick my dick in on the weekends. I can't right. work in that place right. anymore. Right? And exactly. When I was in, like, even closer to home, when I was in grade school, so, like, I went to an all-girls school. So everyone was gay, uh, pretty much. And... Grade six, so like that's graduation that year. Two of my classmates almost didn't graduate because the teacher or advisor found out that they were dating. You know, and they got hella grilled and they almost did not get their grade school diploma. And again, when grade school, we're like... Well, maybe because that's because they were dating in grade school, Trisha. Scandal. Grade school. Like you text each other that you like each other and you hold hands. You know, like it, it wasn't... It wasn't supposed to be, like, do you think that two people dating in a co-ed high school, it would be fine? They usually, they usually had a pass. But here right. it was like, you know, right. we're going to make these 12-year-olds not graduate grade school. And we're going to deny them further education because they happen to like each other. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, they did graduate, but the fact and that scarring. they had to go. Yeah. Like the fact that we, and the thing is, it wasn't just them who got interrogated. It was their friends in the class. So you just traumatized a bunch of like 12 year olds because of just your weird because homophobia. they were dating. Yeah. So huh. it's like absolutely huh. ridiculous that we don't huh. have an anti discrimination bill yet. It's also ridiculous that there's so much pushback. Um, considering that, look, g- people from the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ community are everywhere, they know they're your bosses. They're your neighbors. They're people on TV. They're us. Yes, but well, they don't hold the money. The churches do. And yeah. come election time, who are the elected officials going to lean on for funds? The gays or the church? Hey, the gays have money. <laughs> also, yeah. not, not church that. money. But that ain't that church money. You're right. You're right. You're right. Money. Right. So when the the church people come. And they're like, what about us? The politicians will be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, tell me more. Because that's where their money's going to come from. They need to feel heard. Like, you know, it's crazy. It's like, we know this is happening. And we know, it's so fucked up. But like, it's like, it's so sad to be like, what can we do? You know? Where it's like, 
if when when election does come, you can't you can't run to like LGBT orgs and be like, hey, give me some cash to run. Jesus. Yeah, it's I'm a so long fight to equality. I'm so frustrated. We but will yeah, get dude, there like, eventually, I hope. So um, if you want to learn more about Sogi, I'm going to plug a couple of things. Actually, just one thing. Uh, I'm going to plug Metro Manila Pride Org. They are at MM Pride on Twitter. Um, you know, if you, if you want to learn more about the struggles and uh, updates on the ADB slash Soji bill, uh, they are a great resource. They also have a website that I think is under construction right now. But yeah, uh, go check them out if you'd like to learn more about this. Uh, do you have any resources that you'd like to share, Kai? Read The Invisible Orientation by Decker. That's a good book. Right, hopefully it's on Project Gutenberg or something free because the economy is struggling and so are we. True. All right. So uh, this was a super, super informative episode. Um, a topical topic of an episode. And I hope you guys learned a lot. We are going to be back next week with another show, another surprise topic. Uh, we will announce it during the week. But before we go, do you guys have anything you want to plug? X-O-X-C-A-I. Uh, that's X-O-X-C-A-I on IG and Twitter. My OnlyFans is going to come out soon. So <laughs> I will. I will. I will subscribe to that, Jobim. Like, so the I highest have tier to of my Patreon... It. The highest tier of my Patreon will be for you to not receive my nudes. It'll just be a whole gallery of dick pics that I promise I will not send you every month. Are they <laughs> nice dick pics at least? <clears throat> Are they angry? They're, uh, they're the same angle from different rooms in the house. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like every other guy who's ever sent a dick pic, it's just the same dick pic. It's slightly different, like... Um, lengths from the camera. Maybe one of these days we can do a podcast episode on how to take more flattering dick pics because I feel like honestly, here let me let me just share a trade secret with you guys. There's a reason dudes are always holding their dicks the same way in dick pics, and the reason for that is we're pushing down to make the shaft look longer. Ah, we're pushing down on the on the mound surrounding the the the. Mons pubis fat around the base of our dick. We're pushing it down to make the neck look longer. That's are the men okay? They really aren't. All right, Jabim, what do you want to plug besides your dick? My butt. <laughs> you set me up. Right. Um, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jobim Javier and on Twitter at Jobimism. That's J O B I M I S M. And what about your show? Why am I the one reminding you about your podcast? Oh, that's right. Fuck, and that's right. I have a fucking radio show every Monday to Thursday. It's called The Morning Show, Morning show on Jam 88.3 at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Do tune in. What about your podcast? Right. That's uh, that's still... We need to work on that more. Okay. <laughs> these, Sorry. It's more work. Okay, you guys can follow me at Trisha O'Bannon on Twitter. Uh, I also do a Wednesday show called The Skeptic and the Rusty. We are going on hiatus because I think, I, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm, 
uh, counting my chickens before they hatch or whatever the fucking idiom is. Mm. Idioms are weird. Anyway, um, we might be rebranding. You're an idiom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might be rebranding because I think I'm actually going on as a regular host full time, not yeah. just as a guest. So, yay! Uh, what else do we have to plug? Presh here, our producer, is <laughs> releasing her single, her first single on Saturday. Yeah. So, oh, where can they catch you, Presh? Let's go, Presh! You can catch us on Spotify. What are you on Spotify? Ah, oh. <laughs> It's a uh, Presh, um, but it's spelled P R S H. If you want to hear sad songs written by yours truly, you can catch us at P R S H Presh. It's not pronounced Presh, but you know what? Whatever, whatever. It's called Don't Run. So yeah, her single's coming out on Saturday. So check out those things. Uh, our socials: Jabim's radio show Monday to Thursday. Presh's single coming out on Saturday. And of course, now open the podcast again next Tuesday with a special topic we will be announcing in the next couple of days. Right, Jobim? We're on Spotify also. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you want to go back on previous episodes of Now Open the Podcast, you can check out our Facebook, our YouTube, and our Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I am so happy I can finally say that.